0: Hey everyone, welcome to Movies, Movies, Movies. Just Jen and I on here giving you a little heads up about the following interview we have for you. It's with Ryan Trecarton and Lizzie Fitch. We're just dropping on the mic to let you know that in this chat we talk about Ivy Area and A Family Finds Entertainment, which are two films that were made in Ryan and Lizzie's early career. We don't give too much detail on what they are, so please head on to the web and look them up and put aside an hour to watch them both because they're fabulous. We're joined by the two video artists. They are in the show, Attention Tourists, so we highly recommend that you go down to Cement Fondo in Sydney and check it out if you have the time. It's fabulous. They're showing Temple Time and Mark Trade.
1: Make sure you go upstairs to see Temple Time because there's a no secret hidden attic room that one will tell you exists.
0: That's right. So... Head over to Smet Von before March 8th to check out those beautiful films. In the conversation, we talk about endangered realities, endangered identities, networked brains,
1: destruction
0: as a form of creation, collaboration, theme parks, growing, and spheres of linearity. So we hope you enjoy it and check out the show. Mm.
2: Welcome to Movies, Movies, Movies.
0: You're officially making Young Filmmaker Dreams come true right now by talking to us. So thank you so much We're for so sharing your time.
2: We're excited. Yeah. <laughs> Have you heard about the winter weather that's like crossing the whole United States and everybody in Texas has snow right now? It's, it's
3: covered in snow outside.
2: Covered in snow ice. and ice. Like a yeah. like a half an inch of ice is on everything and all the trees are like breaking because of the weight of the ice. I've
1: been seeing these like videos of people that are walking on grass and it looks like they're walking on like a glass coffee table like crunching so we like yeah. snowed in is it like a snow day mm-hmm.
2: basically and actually we almost we didn't have internet this morning so luckily we got it back by the time we had to talk yeah. to you guys I'm
1: so surprised, technology is really failing for me right now. My computer's broken twice and my car has crashed in the last week. We're having
0: the worst Mercury retrograde in Australia. Everything is breaking, everything's melting, everything's firing up. It's just a disaster, it's a mess.
1: First question, and I don't mean to go like totally Oprah with it, but uh, you've been working together since 2001, Kitchen Girl, is that the first one? I just wanted you for like two seconds run through a little highlights reel of 20 years Of working with each other like when do you still surprise each other and yourselves
2: whoa no one's ever asked this wow highlights real well we met in art school so we were both little babies um
3: yeah undergrad
2: yeah Yeah. so like we were 18 when we met which was crazy
3: but we're both from (laughs) Ohio even though we didn't know each other so I we had that in common
2: yeah
3: I well for me the highlight is oh that's, I think it's like, um, <laughs> oh God, this question's fucking hard. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, are we, are we, are, yeah. wait,
2: are wait, we doing
3: this,
1: highlights this, real? Like, a- like moments over 20 years where you surprised each other and you like looked at each other and were like, well, we still got this or something. <laughs>
2: oh, Okay. Wait, this, is
1: this live or are you editing it? You're not is, live. Wait, Don't worry. This is a This has been the messiest intro ever. We're going to have to do a Ryan Hart and Lizzie Fitch edit on this. We're going to gonna make it do happen. a
0: montage reel of. We're going to speed all of this shot, up,
1: reverse uh, it, solarize it add, montage, it, add some text. Mm, mm,
0: okay. mm, mm,
2: mm. <laughs> when was surprising? Well, Ryan started doing drawings during the pandemic, and I was like, ooh, it was, they were awesome. <laughs> oh
3: oh god it all blends together but I feel like like the thing that that like ignites moments in time is when we are like this you know where we um don't agree on something and we have like a like a contrasting relationship to an idea and then like it, it ignites like a sprawl of sort of like inventing opportunities for exploring that idea. And like, that's when uh, I feel like we know that we're like diving into something real uh, for us, for, you know, for making. Yeah. And it just seems to continually happen. We'll come together, go apart, even though we're like still in the same realm of of a location. And that sort of like pull and pulling thing has, has never stopped. And it's just become more nuanced and more intense over the years. And I feel like we've developed a way of not having too many expectations from it and like trying to keep the curiosity in there, but it just seems to happen mm. Yeah. For us. But I think that's why we still are collaborating really. I mean, we're good friends and stuff, but you know, you can be really great friends with someone and not want to make something with them
0: do you feel like conflict between you two can be really generative
2: yeah I do I mean I think that it's actually where almost all of our really good ideas come from is when we're disagreeing with something but that's the thing that I mean so often we just have conversations that last like a couple hours and then at the end of the conversation we're both like really stimulated and excited about making something and a lot of times that happens while we're working because we're working so hard on whatever project we're working on so we're just like inside of it like just deep inside of it and both of us are working but we you know we never actually we don't generally unless we're making sculptures we don't actually work in the same room most of the time like we're very like compartmentalized like you go over there and do this and you go over there and do this and then we're going to show each other what we both did and then we're going to talk about it we
3: also destroy each other's things all the time, so yeah. it's kind of like, um, you know, if you like don't like an idea, it's more like transform it or 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 hack it up and and reposition it. So it's like everything we we use everything that each other makes, yeah. Instead of worrying about whether or not it fits, it's just like make it fit, you know. Yeah. But then that generates like emergent ideas emerge from that.
2: Yeah. Like, we use each other's stuff, like,
1: supplies. So you'll, like, send something to each other and then edit it or adjust it or change it? Yeah. Yeah. I
2: mean, and I actually think that's one of the things that... I know, like, when we were working early on in art school, all the kids, all the other students were like, what the fuck? Because everyone's sort of more focused on the thing they make and, like, you know what I mean? Like, I think that that's one of the reasons that we have been collaborating for so long. It's just being able and open to really let the other person rip into what you did because usually it's like the fourth version of something or you know whatever that is actually the the good one and you have to like be destroyed a couple times before like you have to like your heart has to really hurt a couple times before you get to the place that you need to go
1: if you're going back and forth back and forth back and forth who decides when it's finished
2: it depends on the it depends on what we're working on, like if it's a movie, usually Ryan gets the last word, even though but I mean you know I'll say that, but that's not oh I mean we usually end up at an agreeing point uh yeah. if we're working on a movie, but really it's like uh yeah, it depends on what we're working on
0: can you describe when you've when you're both at the finishing part of a project can you describe what the feeling is? That makes you go yeah this is done well
3: oh well okay it really depends because if, if, if a deadline is a part of it yeah there's like there's a gift there that you know you that gives so much when 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 time is like against you and so in in those cases it's like there's like you're just like jumping into resolving stuff and then sometimes you realize that the resolution is so close uh, and because there's this time factor, you're able to see it. But when there isn't a deadline, like say you're just editing a scene or something and you know you're like in the middle of a project and you're trying to figure out if it's done or not, I feel like it's uh, it's a, like a gut feeling that can never be uh, it's never the same for, for every like unit of time unit of a larger work
2: but i think also because we work a lot of times like instead of making one movie we'll make six movies or whatever so it's kind of like more like you build the blocks that you're going to make the ultimate structure with and a lot of times when you're in that moment where you're like making things work you're actually just rearranging these big pieces and sort of like grouping them together and that yes is that yeah, I don't know. Well for, like for like, I think for the movies, usually it's like once the title appears,
3: yeah, that's when we know the movie's done. So I wanted to know more about your theme park.
2: Okay. <laughs> it's oh. in <laughs> development right now, but it's it's a conceptual theme park. Um we've
3: always wanted to build so okay, so there's this place in Ohio called Cedar Point, and it's like a roller coaster enthusiast park, and it's really incredible. And we both grew up going to it. And I don't know, in college, I guess, you know, you know, it's like when you think about like an ultimate like form of art, it's like something that's like experiential and you know, people can share it in a lot of different ways, and it can be like negative to a lot of different contexts, like philosophically or or you know, whatever. And a theme park. It's just, like, a way to, like, house certain ideas that you can't necessarily show in a gallery or, or in a movie, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And also an opportunity to create things physically that are, like, permanent that then can exist over time and accumulate different meaning, What how they're used and contextualized. And so we bought this piece of land in Ohio that we're solely building an amusement park on and the idea was a we're going to start by building sets you know that like have this other function as like an amusement park ride so one thing is this lazy river that we started building and it's like this huge cement structure that was supposed to like function as like a war trench and stuff in the movie but then when it has water in it it's more like recreational and we're kind of thinking of like slow paced rides that are more about contemplation you know (laughs) rather than like the thrill of something
2: but there is like okay so the the property is actually on these like low hills or low mountains i don't know they're really old mountains that have like basically eroded away to nothing uh and so it just driving around the property we have all these like back roads or whatever um that are you know we're the only people that go on them and so that part of it really does have the feel of
3: a brother, yeah,
2: or like Jurassic Park or something, like yeah. <laughs> so there are going to be, I do think there's going to be elements of thrill. Well, yeah, we want alongside of the elements of, sorry. Yeah, I
3: interrupted you. No, I interrupted <laughs> you. There's going to be like a bike. We want to make a picnic bike bench, you know, that like floats through the canopy, so you can Whoa. like have. While yeah, biking like, on like a chair, you know what I mean. Things like, like that. Like those
2: beer bikes, you know those beer yeah, but, bikes know, in Berlin where they like bike around and everyone's every drinking
3: beer. beer. You want
1: to make that like a chairlift?
2: But this, yeah, a beer
3: bike, so you can exercise and drink beer
1: and, and be simultaneously go
2: over the mountain.
3: Yeah, well, it's actually so we're we're building we're making a project here um, called Weatherline. That it showed in Milan, but it's it's a sort of like it's in development still. We we shot a bunch of movies that were growing. We kind of like farming this movie. It's like, anyways, Ian Isaiah is a friend, and so we sort of combined shooting a music video for the song "Why" while also with the characters that we played in the movie. So Ian's character in the movie is Capacity Flowers and owns like a conceptual like flower shop where. where she sells like intentions and, and feelings and, um, okay. and sort of like composes a uh, response for people. And it's sort of like neighbor girl, this character in the movie, she, her, her, her identity is like, is that of a neighbor? And she's like, adjacentness is like her entire personality. And um, there's this idea of the docent line and there's like a culture preserve. And the access class is like, visiting this town that has been like registered as like a historic like an endangered identity like a small town that becomes like a feature and amusement park called the anthro apology tour and so anyways neighbor girl is like on one side of the docent line but she's singing ian's song to to her so she's like
0: hijacked it but um yeah you know it- <laughs> <laughs> it's a tie-in event I wanted to ask about comedy and whether being funny and your films being funny is important to you because we rarely see funny art that's really successful.
3: It's so important. Yeah. I mean, I feel like any serious idea isn't fully understood until you're able to laugh inside of it and with it and have some sort of humorous, relationship to unpacking it i feel like it's huge
2: yeah i mean i also think that we use hooks a lot of the time to like engage people so i think that it's just one of the hooks that gets used and is one of the most like accessible ones in a lot of ways but also there's a lot of serious ideas in the movies that i can't i can't imagine them without comedy yeah alongside them
3: See, I feel like it's easier to take in information once you reject it, you know? And humor gives you this ability to, like, reject and hold something even closer at the same time, you know? Yeah.
2: And I think that also the way that we make work really has to do with, like, this certain kind of openness, like, for—it's, like, for the people who are watching it and— it's not like telling a, telling you a tale or speaking any moral like language. It's really about, it's about how you are interpreting it. It's about like activating your brain more than it is about um, telling you what to think, you know? Yeah. I mean, we obviously have feelings about <laughs> things, <laughs> but you know what I mean. <laughs> I,
0: I so rarely see films like the ones that you guys make. Do you ever think, why don't more people make movies like this? Yeah,
2: really. I do do wonder that a lot. Like, why don't people experiment a little more? Especially because the, the stuff is available.
3: Experiment, but also, like, care to craft humor into it and, like, compose. I feel like a lot of, like, times people will experiment, but then they'll just leave it there. Mm. yeah you know what I mean yeah in the the experiment which is awesome but I think it's exciting to then like you know use that experiment as supplies to continue to build from
0: yeah it can also be really hard to experiment and move forward as well because I feel like experimentation can actually leave you feeling kind of stagnant because you're just operating in your own vicious circle of trying new things but to then find a way to actually pivot or move forward is the challenge.
3: Yeah. That's, that's where I think collaborators help. Like when you're like working in a network's brain, you like, everything's better when you work with people.
1: <laughs> and I think that's one thing that comes across that maybe people don't give you enough credit for or anything, but like, It's real labor. It's real work. Everyone is doing the same thing that they would on a different set, except the attitude is different and maybe not as like self-serious or toxic or prescriptive. Like Like, you don't have to walk away. Like I did work and I feel horrible. Like that was work. You know what I mean? Which I feel like people have to justify their work with.
2: Yes. I mean, I always feel like the way
3: sometimes I have to like remind myself that we, that it counted as, as work for us
2: (laughs) But there is a lot of, (laughs) there is a lot of labor. Let me. Yeah. Because like the amount of hours you spend, spend editing. um, is insane. Yeah. Mm
3: -hmm. But it's Mm -hmm. like the no rules. I mean, obviously there's rules because we're always inventing them and, and use, you know, like the rules are kind of like the components themselves, but it's like. You know, and I guess in the art world if if you're able to make it work for you, there's this like potential for there to be no rules except for the ones that you invent
1: Well, I was gonna ask you about your rules, like what are your rules to your practice and how did you come to them?
3: I don't know how we came to them. I think it's just like growing them it's I mean you know like the how I think that there was like a relationship to script making that was. When I, when I would start to write a script, I always sort of saw it as a poem first, you know? And then like, as it, I think growing is a huge factor in the way we make movies. Because a lot of times a scene that is written as the beginning of the movie actually ends up somewhere in the middle. And the movie is sort of like grown, not linearly necessarily, but it's more like with these like spheres and interconnected uh, transitions. And it's like pivots. So it's like building something sculpturally, like a like like a construction. And I think it's like, we think of movies, like sculptures and architecture and mindscapes. And we think of sculptures as movies. So it's like this weird, um, I don't know.
2: Yeah. And I also think that um, in terms of like the movies, I think that the rules really do end up occurring like in the edit a lot of times because it's like during the shooting, there's a lot of like room for movement sometimes I mean sometimes there's like an intentional stick to the script but a lot of times there's a lot of room for people to do a lot inside of their um role that they get casted as but but yeah I mean when you edit it's like that's where you kind of create like the you know like, you can no. cut out a 30-minute tantrum. Editing is
0: screenwriting. Yeah. It is. Yeah.
2: Oh, totally. It's the writing phase. It's the editing.
3: Yeah.
0: I feel like everyone has formative film-watching moments, and one of them for me was End of IB Area. Were you going to say I did it for the power? I did it for we power. We were both thinking
1: about that. I was about to say that too, just because like, the moment you said we used to say that as a... Me- Sorry, your moment. I did it for pa- <laughs> I did it for
0: power. I can't describe to you how much that's burnt into my memory. I can't tell if it's because I was attracted to it or moved by it, or if it just shocked me, or I don't know what it was, but it's just, it's in my, it's in my permanent vault. And if I had to make that into a question, it would be some 20 years ago, that's kind of how you ended a movie. But what did that actually mean as a statement in the early parts of your career. Oh wow. Well,
3: I would say that when we what I I felt like when that part was being scripted, it like that we actually shot that near the end of all the shoots. So it was it's the end of the movie, and it also happened to actually be the end shoots. And yeah. I think the way you felt about it was the same way, same way we felt about it when we decided to do it. And like I don't want to wrap it up. And understand it fully. It was like a gut thing that could only have happened out of. But 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 there's like a huh, there's like a, a ugliness to the word power, you know. That I think was important to see inside of
0: ourselves and and, and everyone. Lizzie, I want to hear your thoughts.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, I, like for me, I think it, it's just. Well, for me, it's like. <laughs> But I was spending a lot of time during when we were shooting that working as a nanny and like witnessing a lot of like, um, you know, ideas about why you would have a baby or whatever. (laughs) And like why you would create something. And I think for us, like movies are babies, obviously. Um, But then it's like, like yeah, twisting that thing, like. I don't know. I don't know. It just... That's the way that I
1: relate to it. Can you say the line?
2: (laughs) I did it for power. (laughs) I did it for power.
1: (laughs) It's such an orgy. It's such a gay orgy. Like the back of the cinema at the end of a 70s movie or something.
0: You know what, Lizzie? I feel like you've actually nailed it. Everything that you guys have said, especially about the the rules and dogma of the practice, is that it's ever-evolving. And it kind of sounds like you treat art making like parenting. There's no rule book it's messy you're making babies grow and there's no right or wrong way to do it there's just the way that you have at your disposition
2: Mm -hmm. yeah i love that that. i do love that
0: and the ending to IB area is you giving birth to your careers (laughs) totally (laughs) is that why
1: you give like i heard my friend actually works at cement fondue where temple run Temple Time Temple is showing it, which is like upstairs and no one knows it's even there. Anyway, that's another story. We're going to tell everyone on the radio to climb upstairs to see Temple Time, but they were telling me that you send this like giant, like fold out, like this book about how to install it. Is that your like baby manual or your like house? Like, here's how to look after the house.
0: Like,
2: yes, ah. yes. <laughs> we to change yeah. a diaper. Yes. Yeah.
0: You have to be really careful. <laughs> I was reading Amber Gart, like a fucking nerd. And she talks about how she doesn't have goals. She doesn't have ideas. She doesn't have intentions. She just has values as a creative. And that kind of mm-hmm. feels like how you guys approach your work. It's just, uh, there's no specific end point. There's just uh, ways of being and ways of doing.
2: I feel like that's true. Yeah, so, yeah. I keep on thinking of the word grow. Yeah.
1: Grow. I know you keep saying that growing and like planting. And even if it's like cement,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: totally. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so proud of us for not saying the word queer this whole time. Um, I know. That to me... Because it's like Mardi Gras right now in Sydney and there's like such a like queer angle to this that we could like leech out of you. But uh, we
0: resisted, we resisted. Yeah.
3: Um,
1: ah!
0: <laughs> We have a deadline, which is the end of the Zoom chat. So I reckon we just maybe ask one more question and then we'll probably get cut off. Really hope that we can keep going. Jen, do you want to... Is there anything that's drawing... We, we usually, the angle that we usually approach these interviews with is a bit, a bit for, of a, no, you go. It's sorry. for people who want to make work as well, who maybe are resourceful filmmakers or DIY filmmakers or unfunded. Um, can you guys speak about coming into your careers and money and financing and what that's like? Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean,
3: <laughs> for, well, for us, we, in, in the beginning well, we were really lucky to get an opportunity to show Family Finds Entertainment, which like gave us an opportunity to make another movie. And we just kind of took the risk. Like, we took out a bunch of credit cards and funded IB area mostly on, on credit cards. Yeah. And also we had a dealer at the time who sold some sculptures and we were able to use that money to put it into the movie. So really our early work was all self-funded. And then we made the money back
2: um I was just going to say we're still not good with
3: money Yeah, <laughs> like, it's complicated.
2: We, still, we put everything we into still what we We still just put it all back in. No which... matter what the
3: project is, we break even or we lose some because even if we have a budget, we end up going over and we put yeah. our own money in. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. It's been but also because of the world that we work in, it's like there is I don't know how the film world works where there's like uh I don't know how all, those, all that stuff gets funded, but we just fund things in how, whatever way is possible at the time, which yeah. sometimes is a collector, sometimes is a gala, sometimes is ourselves. But every time it does grow and we get access to different ways of finding money, but the, putting everything into the work never seems to change, you know? Yeah. I mean,
1: you also have such a community and a network of performers and actors that want to work with you that must grow each time
2: that's the thing that for us too it's like we actually we have been trying and never successfully getting budgets that could actually like adequately pay the people who work for us and that's something that we definitely want to change because it's like it's not fair I mean it is fair but I think in a creative exchange but kind of way but I also think that there's no reason that we shouldn't be able to value their work as much as you value any other actor's work.
0: I think maybe one of the most important things that you can say to people at any point in time is just being transparent about that as well. Like, I think a lot of people see your work at Cement Fonder and they're like, wow, these people just like fuck around. They then get to show in like Milan and all these different crazy places, but there is so much resourcefulness and, you know, financial hopscotching that happens as well and I also sometimes think no one talks about it
1: I know you're talking about creative exchange but we're working on this little project my friend had a performance we're just like editing this performance that they did and playing around with it and they were a bit like is this like is this a burden for you And I'm like no I would rather do like what would be a burden for me is like you asking me to go to a bar for a drink like this is how (laughs) I want to hang out and interact with you yeah
2: totally totally
3: no I mean it's I feel like so much of our project is creating uh, uh, creating ways to hang out with our friends that are novel. <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, totally. So they're like you're generating ideas together, and encapsulating experience and and, and uh, conversation in, in, through just ways that you just don't do in normal life, like going to a bar. But it's like, but it's like at a bar when people are drinking and stuff, there's like that play with language that happens, you know. So it's like there's so many other ways that you can play and invent. Um, with the people in your
0: life. My heart's going to break if we get cut off. Um, should we do. Do you have anything else you want to add?
1: Oh, yeah. I guess we just wanted to pitch. Like, Andre had a line, and I was like, I'm just like, obsessed with pitching you guys a scene that I want to see. And I want to <laughs> see, after I'm listening to this, like all this bon Appetit stuff, I really want to see a test kitchen scene. I want cooking. <laughs> I just, like, so badly kitchen want mayhem. that. Kitchen mayhem. Kitchen no, mayhem again. <laughs> That's funny.
3: We've always
2: talked
1: about. It. We actually, yeah.
2: we actually um, have a kitchen that we haven't shot anything
3: in yet. Yeah. So. We also, we remember when we shot a cooking show like in 2005. But I never edited it. Yes. I want to find it.
2: We should find it. <laughs> Probably will be exactly what you're asking. Or for. no, 2006.
0: It was like YouTube existed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Before it cuts out, um, Jen and I are gonna. We have. We have to make up a line from one of their films on the spot. To- I'll feed you one, then you feed you one, then i feed you one. We go back and forth, okay? Are we doing this? We're doing this right now. Oh, is that this okay? This is so stressful. I'm Are you stressed? I'm not oh. feeling creative. Oh my god, yeah. I'm going to force you to do this. Is that okay? Okay. Okay. I'm a part-time gal pal lover. Who are you? I'm
1: from the LA art world and it's peak COVID. I'm pumping ties into my air. <laughs> Put your sunglasses down. It's daytime.
0: Put the glasses back on, it's nighttime and it's daytime at the
1: same time. Stop mirroring me, you multiplex. What are we doing? I don't know, this is embarrassing. I don't know why we did this. We did it. We did it for power. Okay, that's our audition.
0: That's our take. We'll sent it in. This is amazing. Um, we're gonna jet, but it was a pleasure, it was and so nice a dream come, come true. It
3: was so nice out with
0: us. <laughs> it, was for
2: a pleasure.
3: Yeah. it was nice to meet you. I love
2: seeing warmth in the background. I feel like I can feel what it's like to sit in
1: the space that you're sitting in. It's humid, it's sticky, it's La Nina here. It's so La Nina, yeah. It's going to rain for five days straight. <laughs> okay, <laughs> bye guys! Lots of Have love. So travel. much love. Thank you so much for talking to us. Bye.
0: Boom. Oh my god, that M I'm embarrassed. Jenny, how do I stop this? Do I just press stop here? Yep. You're on FBI
2: 94.5. This podcast is produced by FBI Radio in Sydney. Find more at fbiradio.com slash podcasts.